We're here with Alexander Berdler, who is wearing hats. He is a chair of HL7 at LAS, and he's also a director at Gnomon Informatics. Welcome, Alexander. Nice to meet you <laughs> and to be here. It's great to have you here. Uh, what does it mean when we talk about interoperability in health IT? Well, interoperability is something that is uh, really needed because, as you probably know, the, all our information, they are not, never located in one place. So we usually go to many, many different doctors. We take our medication from different pharmacies. When we travel, we will probably be in another place. So interoperability is just simply this, try to collect all our information and route them where they should go. So from one medical practitioner to the other. By medical practitioner, we could mean a doctor, a pharmacist, a carer, a nurse, depending on the use case, how the, the medical information should be transferred. Mm -hmm. Is this more of a regional issue or does it have implications to beyond a, a country? Well, interoperability, it's a global issue. We will need it uh, for uh, local reasons within a hospital, uh, between uh, between different institutions in a city, within a region, and of course between countries. So interoperability is one size fits all. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the first hat that you're wearing. You are a chair of uh, HL7. Can you talk a little bit about the role that HL7 plays in all of this? Yeah. HL7 uh, is an, a global institution, a worldwide institution that was uh, established in back in 1987 in the United States. Uh, mainly they tried to, to solve the equation of moving information within a hospital at, at that uh, point. And since then it has become a global organization with uh, affiliates, so uh, local offices of HL7 in more than 35 countries in the Europe, in Europe. And uh, I am chairing one of the affiliates, the Greek one. Okay. Can you talk about some of the current initiatives that are taking place within Europe to reach interoperability? Yes. Uh, the European uh, Commission has, uh, as you know, uh, the European Commission in Europe, they don't have the right to be involved in, in the way healthcare is provided. This is a state-owned process. But they want to be involved in the cross-border scenario, meaning they want to have the same quality of service for a, for a citizen of Europe, even if he lives in Sweden or in Greece or in Malta or in Italy, to have the same quality. So for that, they have created a, a way of exchanging information, and they are working on that domain in the last 10 years. So they have created a lot of uh, white papers, green papers, green documents, directives now. Uh, and the most uh, recent one uh, was released two years ago, which was the Directive on Cross-Border Healthcare, Patient Rights for Cross-Border Healthcare, which is now is a local regulation and local law in all the EU states. So mm -hmm. that's why now cross-border healthcare is important mm -hmm. to all of us. So we talked uh, to a few folks uh, throughout uh, uh, this day, and uh, they talked about some of the initiatives that are happening yeah. here. And uh, most of them are still in pilot phase. When do you think we should be... Ex we should be able to see some of these pilot programs go into mainstream market. Yeah. Uh, the important thing is that uh, the European Commission decided to go on creating large-scale pilots, which most of them, they run the last three to five years. 
This period is now ending, so projects like EPSOS or Renewing Health or other big projects that we was collecting best practices from many, many countries and put them aside altogether. All these, they are ending, some of them this year, the other one next year. So the next phase is an initiative from the European uh, Commission, which is called Connected Europe Framework, which is not only about healthcare, it's about any type of networking, which is, can be roads, trains, planes, whatever, and healthcare as well. So the next big stop is getting and establishing the highways of medical information in Europe mm-hmm. through this initiative, who mm-hmm. will run, I think, at, until 2020. Mm-hmm. Is the adoption of uh, mobile technology impacting interoperability? In fact, uh, uh, mobile health is an innovative way of doing business that was started in parallel with the classical e-health because now we are able to say that e-health is more classical than it was before. But what it has created until now, it was a series of very nice, innovative systems that were all information silos, meaning that each one of us that wants to use for pleasure or for medical reasons such an application, all the information they are stored somewhere where the the creator of the the application uh, established its application. So it's very difficult to collect all this information. So what we need now to move on is to liberate the information from this information silos and give it back to the, the to the patients, to the citizens. So the next step is uh, combining mobile health and e-health through interoperability and applying the same protocols and standards that we use for e-health in mobile health so that we can collect this information. Because in some cases and some diseases, the applications, the information that are collected from mobile applications, it's more important than the classical mm-hmm. because they are real-time data. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some cases, they are really, really important. Mm-hmm. You're also a director at uh, Gnomen Informatics. Tell us a little bit what the company does and what, some, what are some of the innovative stuff that you guys are working on. Yeah. Uh, Gnomon Informatics, uh, this year it closes 20 years, so it's like an anniversary year for us. Uh, we started in 1994 as a spin-off. At that time it was a very famous word. Now it's startups, but in fact it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we have made a long pace and a long road in the last 20 years. Uh, we now uh, invest and we focus on healthcare interoperability in the last years. We were one of the companies that created the reference implementation uh, model of EPSOS, which is the, pro- the, pro- the big project that was used by the Commission for testing the cross-border healthcare. So we are very proud for that, that we are participating in this uh, important uh, feature. And uh, we also have done similar things in healthcare interoperability in, in uh, also in Greece. In, uh, for example, we have a big project with two cancer hospitals about um, uh, making some care protocols at, for the la- la- last stage cancer patients so that the carer goes at home, collects the information and send it back to the patient record mm-hmm. instead of make, making the patient go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And this is things that we are doing as innovative things. And uh, we are also in the telecare domain, uh, which is not telemonitoring. It's a little bit more simpler, uh, but it deals with the elderly. So mm-hmm. it's about uh, trying to to get on board in the society people that are alone at home, mm-hmm. most, most of the time elderly. Mm-hmm. So we are collaborating with organizations, for example, such as Lifeline Alas, which is 
quite famous here in Greece about supporting elderly people. Mm -hmm. And we provide to them devices like the, the, the red button. So it's just a button that they press and the line opens and they can speak to someone and request for help. Mm. Uh, so we do things like that. And we have also developed uh, a small gateway, an electronic gateway, which is using open source hardware mm -hmm. to integrate this type of services over standard landlines because mobile is very nice, but in some cases it's not enough and it's not present mm -hmm. in all the villages in Greece mm -hmm. and all the small islands. Mm -hmm. So you need to use the classical standard and lines. And you cannot find more anymore any products because everyone has moved to the mobile world. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe you're also involved with the um, uh, project on the Greek e-prescription. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that project is about? Yes. In fact, uh, we met the people of uh, the Greek e-prescription when they were starting designing the e-prescription system back in 2010. When they came, uh, when while we were working with the EPSOS team in testing the, the, the first, the, the, the real first implementation we made back then in 2011 in Pisa, during the Connectathon, which was at Easter testing event, a European testing event, and they understood that they could interconnect uh, the, their system with pharmacies very easily. So, in fact, uh, we proposed them to create such a system for Greece. So at this point of time, we have created for uh, the e-prescription system an interoperability framework, which is based on the EPSOS standard. It uses the same standard that EPSOS does, which is a natural 7 CDA document, a clinical document architecture. In simple words, this is a simple XML file, but it's coded for the, for the healthcare sector and especially for uh, electronic prescriptions. So based on that standards, we created a uh, platform Of, uh, for the interchange between the local uh, uh, pharmacy information systems that every pharmacy has mm -hmm. and the central uh, e-prescription system. So now that the pharmacies, they do not have the need to enter twice, one in their own system to sell it and one in the e-prescription to dispense it. So now they do everything in one place in their own system mm -hmm. and the information is securely and safely stored through the system to the central mm -hmm. system. And we are now moving to the next step, which is giving the possibility to the doctor to prescribe through his own system the, the, and not go online mm -hmm. through the prescription system. Wonderful. And I believe that's extending beyond the borders of Greece, correct? Is, uh, yes, it could be applicable, in fact, anywhere. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, since uh, this system is compliant with the EPSOS uh, mm -hmm. framework, it could be used also Uh, if the electronic Greek prescription system is connected to the EPSOS world, then you could probably dispense a medication from uh, any citizen in Europe. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, one final question, Alexander. Talk about the work that is being done to promote uh, cross-border health care between the European Union and the United States. Yeah. Uh, 18 months ago, the European Commission and the Ministry of Health the healthcare uh, secretary of state, as they call it in the States, they, they signed an important memorandum of understanding in, in two domains for e-health. One was uh, e-skills, so uh, training of doctors in both places so that they can collaborate between them. And the second domain was patient summary. So when a European and American citizen moves to the States for pleasure, business, or whatever, and the opposite, when a European citizen moves to the States for the same reasons, he can carry with him his personal, his medical record for any use. 
So there is a, a small project called Trillium Bridge, which mm -hmm. in fact coordinated by HL7 International. So as the affiliate, we also participate in that. And as Gnomon, we have also created the software that is you testing. Mm -hmm. And uh, here at the conference, there is a demo that is shown at the HL7 booth, mm -hmm. which is... Uh, Promoting uh, the patient-mediated scenario, as we call it, which means that the patient comes with his medical record, he imports it in this EU system, and then he can translate it any European language. So if you want to go to a Greek doctor, he takes his US patient record, mm -hmm. and he can decode it and translate it into Greek. Is this something you physically carry with you, or is it through... Portals? This scenario is physically yes. It's okay. it's this what we call it the patient mediated scenario. There is another one which is called the healthcare provider mediated scenario, mm -hmm. which is a system to system interconnection. Mm -hmm. But this is a little bit more complicated, and I hope to be able to present it next year in the next mm -hmm. conference. Okay, and uh, I know I said it was my last question, but last one, <laughs> I promise, is the last one. Uh, you have a workshop here about a new standard, the uh, Fast Health Interoperability Standard, also pronounced yes. as FIRE. Can you talk briefly about what that is all about and what's happening here? Yeah, we have a slogan at, at, HL7, at HL7. We call it HL7 on FIRE because really it's something that has boosted our, uh, uh, we have become more famous with this one. Uh, in fact, it's uh, the application, it's the first real application and fast implementation process application of uh, the HL7 uh, standards for mobile applications. So this means that we can now collect, it's the scenario that we're discussing before, about trying to collect information from the mobile world and bring it to the e-health world. So this standard is, is, is about that. Try to make any mobile device be able to contact and get information from a healthcare repository or in some cases from multiple healthcare repositories. Mm -hmm. So this is the case. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Alexander, for your time. Thank you very much for having me here. Okay, that was Alexander Berler, Chair of HL7 Elas and Director at Gnomon Informatics. Thanks again.